I would like to, Pete, it is now your time. You know, I had to look back on the schedule because I'm like, that's not the way it did in the first service, is it? That's all so messed up. So anyway, oh my goodness. See, I don't preach that often, so that's my excuse. So. But when I do get to preach, I always am encouraged by somebody. There's always one individual who encourages me. And this morning, this individual encouraged me by saying to me, a very good friend of mine, and he said to me of my message, he said, Pete, today if you can't be good, at least be short. (laughs) So I'll do my best to be one or the other. But regardless of how I do this morning, don't forget to come back next week, because next week we start a whole new summer series called Amped Up. And Amped Up means accessing God, moving towards God, and... Pursuing God. Thank you. (laughs) So don't forget to come back. That's Pastor Dan's new series starting. So I want to start this morning by uh, letting you know that I fully am aware that the first six or seven minutes of my message today is going to sound a lot like an infomercial. I know that. So just brace yourselves. And I know that because during this whole week I've been working on all these major points that I wanted to share with you. And I had them in the forefront of my mind. And while I was at work, I was in a meeting, and somebody said something that triggered something in me. And I just blurted out one of these points. I said, you know, success, blah, 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 blah. And this guy said to me, he said, dude. Yeah, he really said dude. He said, he said that's the kind of people I work with. He said, dude, that was really good. And I said, I know. And, and, then, he, <laughs> and then he said, dude, you just can't give that stuff away. I said, I know, I should probably hold like a seminar or do an infomercial. And he went, he went, yeah, like that's the greatest idea ever. So this is your seminar. This is your infomercial. This is what I'm bringing with you today. And the name of the infomercial is, and it's going to sound like an infomercial, incredible, unbelievable, out of this world success. Come on. Who doesn't want that? It's only 1995. Call now. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. It's out of this world success. Who could not use some of that in their life? Come on. So let me start with this story. This is actually from the Old Testament. And I don't know how many of you know this story, but it's the story of King Asa. King Asa. And he was a very young king. He was only about 14 years old. But in those days, sometimes, that was the next guy in line. So he was 14 years old. and His name was King Asa. And he didn't know very much. But this guy did follow God. He loved God. And he obeyed God, and he heard God's call in his life, and he did whatever God called him to do, and he was very obedient. But even with all of that, the enemy still came against him. Sometimes that happens in our life. Sometimes we're doing all the right things, and still stuff comes against us. So he did all the right things, but still the the enemy, these were called the Cushites, the Cushites came against him. And he didn't know what to do because, you know what, he was young and he'd never really been in war. He didn't know what to do. But this is what he said. This is from Second Chronicles 14.11. It says, Then Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you. And in your name we have come against this vast army. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. That was his prayer. And what was God's response? God routed the entire Cushite army. And Asa went in and he totally plundered 
the whole army. And he came back rich and wealthy beyond his wildest dreams. How many of us couldn't use a little Asa-like success today? Anybody? Just me? Come on. Somebody wants it. Let me give you a couple of other examples, and these are a little closer to home than the Old Testament. When my daughter Sydney was seven years old, I took her to downtown Seattle. Just her and me, just a little daddy-daughter day. We spent the whole day there. And as we were walking back to our car to, to go home, we walked past this guy that was homeless. And he had a shopping cart. And in the shopping cart, he had probably what was all of his worldly possessions. But my daughter, who loved animals then and still loves them today, noticed that on top of the shopping cart, the guy had two cats. And tied to the shopping cart, the guy had three dogs. And my daughter, Sydney, said to me, in whatever way a seven-year-old says this, I can't remember. And she doesn't even remember it because I shared it with her this week. She said to me, she said, Dad... That guy is the luckiest guy in the world. Success? Yeah, to a seven-year-old, that's pretty successful. How about this one? In the 1970s, there was a poet by the name of Rod McEwen. And Rod McEwen wrote this book called Finding My Father. And in that, in that book, he wrote this poem. And the poem went something like this. When I was 10 years old, I found a $20 bill. I bought a fountain pen and a jackknife because I'd never owned one before. For a week, I had everything. Successful? Yeah, to a 10-year-old. Success. How about this, a little older in age? This last month, I actually watched the NFL draft. Yes, I watched the whole thing. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I actually like it. So I watched the whole thing. So I watched all of these college football players who were making nothing playing college football, suddenly making millions of dollars. Success? Not bad. Hard to argue with millions of dollars. But I also learned last month that within three years of leaving the NFL, 78% of the former players are completely broke. Success? I don't think so. But who couldn't use a little success? Couldn't we all use a little success? And I'm not talking about ordinary success. I'm not talking about getting by or making the next payment or whatever it is. I'm talking about incredible, unbelievable, out-of-this-world success. Is anybody in? And it's not going to cost you $19.95. It's not. All it's going to cost is a little prayer time right now. So pray with me and let's get started. Father God, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for your word most of all, Lord. Because more than anything else, Lord, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your word, Lord, and your truth. So Father God, just speak to our hearts, Lord, and let our hearts be open to hearing what you want to say to each and every one of us. So we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So we're actually in the book of Genesis. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Genesis, and we're going to go to chapter 24. It's the very first book in the Bible. It's way on your left, if you don't know. It's the very first book. We're going to go to chapter 24, and we're going to go to verse 1. And this is what verse 1 says. Now Abraham was old, advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. Underline in every way. The Lord hadn't just blessed Abraham a little bit. He hadn't blessed him a lot. He hadn't blessed him in most things. The Lord had blessed Abraham in every single possible way. You might say Abraham was incredibly, unbelievably out of this world blessed. Right? Let's keep reading. Verse 2. Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who had charge of all that he owned, underline that, who had charge of all that he owned, please place your hand under my thigh. Okay, that's kind of weird. So Abraham calls his servant 
And the servant answers. And Abraham has kind of a weird request for him. Weird now, not so much then, but, but now it sounds a little bit weird. Uh, but what really meant was, I want you to take an oath with me by placing your hand under my thigh. So look to the person on your right. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> but, but they often did this back in the day when they, were up, when they were making an oath. They would put their hand underneath the thigh and they would make this oath and they would swear this oath. And usually it was done when the person was on their deathbed. So, so Abraham must think, I'm feeling a little bit ill, time's running out, I better make this oath or whatever. I, may, I better make this guy come to me. So, so he calls to a servant, his servant comes, and then he, he asks him this. So we'll keep reading. He, Abraham says to the servant, And I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live. But you will go to my country and to my relatives and take a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said to him, suppose the woman is not willing to follow me to this land. Should I take your son back to the land from where you came? Then Abraham said to him, beware that you do not take my son back there. So he asks his son, to, he asks his servant to go to the, this land where Abraham came from, where Abraham was, but God called him out of. He says, go back there and find a wife, the perfect wife for my son. Now this is not... A small request. He's asking this servant to travel 500 miles to a general region and find a wife for his son. But notice also that the servant hasn't yet committed to it. But the call to the servant has been made. So the first fill-in on your handout is this. Success is answering the call. Success is answering the call. Now, I'm not saying when you do answer the call that it's going to feel like success. Sometimes it doesn't. But we can't go with our feelings. Our feelings go up and down. We go by God's Word because God's Word is always solid. God's Word doesn't move. But success and answering the call go together. Now, a lot of you might want to tell me that you never hear the call. I hear this all the time. You know, I'm not really hearing God call me. But, you, know, I just, you know, I'm just here. I'm just waiting for the call. See, I don't really believe that. If you really believe that, then you have not been in church for the last six weeks. Because in the last six weeks, you have been called. You've been called to compassion. You've been called to service. You've been called to generosity. And you've been called to discipleship. You've been called. Some of you are sitting around waiting for that specific call. You want God to say to you, well, I want you to go do this. And then after you do that, I'm going to move you over here. And when that happens, then this is going to happen. And then we're going to go back here. And then you're going to come here. And then finally, I'm going to put you right here. That's what you're waiting for. You're waiting for the whole picture. Believe me, if God gave you the whole picture of here, it would freak you out. You would never want to come here. Honestly. Think about Pastor Dan coming over here. If they said, Pastor Dan, by the way, you're going to be the senior, senior pastor of this church, it would probably freak him out. Because you just wanted to come here and be worship leader. But the whole picture, that's scary. Why don't we answer the small call first? We're waiting for the whole picture. We're waiting for the big call. You know, there's a guy at this church that, that honestly, this is a true story, he, he still has his Christmas tree up in his living room. <laughs> he does. No, I know this guy. He's got, his living, he's got his Christmas tree still up in his living room. And he's waiting for somebody to call and say, by the way, just bought a truck. Looking for anybody that might have a Christmas tree. <laughs> Going to pick it up and take it down to the dump for you. 
So you got one. I'm ready for it. He's waiting for that call. Instead of just taking it out himself and putting it outside. He's waiting for that call. And I won't mention his name. <coughs> Jason. Uh, but success is answering the call. So why don't you do this? Answer the small call first. Answer the call to compassion. Answer the call to service. Answer the call to generosity or discipleship. Answer one of those calls and see where God takes you. A couple weeks ago, my wife were flipping through the TV channel and we landed on one of those television preachers. And, and this person was speaking to like this arena. I mean, it was huge. It had, I don't know how many thousands of people in it. It was unbelievably large because they did one of those camera shots from way back. And I thought, wow, look at all the people. And selfishly, I'm thinking, I would love to do that. I would love to preach to a group like that. That would be unbelievable. That'd be amazing. And I don't know if I ever will get the chance, and who knows. But I do know this. Even if I get that opportunity, it's going to pale in comparison to the opportunity I got last week. In that classroom over there with three little boys to Sunday school. Three brothers. Second grade, kindergarten, and preschool. And whatever Sunday lesson I had went right out the window. And all we did was tell Bible stories. And all they did was ask me questions. Good questions, by the way. Stumpers. I mean, I, I was like, I'm not even sure how to answer this one. But great questions. But we just had the best time in there just talking back and forth. And is God nice? And does God like me? And all those things I got to share with them. That's going to pale in comparison to any opportunity God has for me. Answer the small call and see where God takes you from there. Success and answering the call go together. Verse 7, the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my birth, and who spoke to me and who swore to me, saying, to your descendants I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you will take a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant placed his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Which brings us to point number two, and also last week's message from Pastor Dan. Success is the willingness to be discipled. Success is the willingness to be discipled. See, now the servant has made the commitment. He's answered the call. He's heard what was laid out before him. He's asked all his questions, and now he's made the commitment. So don't be afraid of the call. See, as we learned last week, there's a time to be a Paul and there's a time to be a Timothy. The servant is now a Timothy. He's being discipled by Abraham. Now that he's all in, he gets to hear this great truth that God has for Abraham and this great truth that God has for him. Take particular note of the promise of God in these verses. Not just for the servant, but for you today. Allow me to translate this. This is Pete's translated version of what this verse says. But I think it's for somebody here today. I think somebody here today needs to hear this. And this is what it says. If you don't think God speaks to you or you haven't heard from him in a long time, today I'm telling you he's speaking to you and this is what he wants to say. He wants to say to you, I am the Lord God Almighty and today I speak. Today I promise to you that I will take you today from where you are right now to a place where all of my promises will be realized. I send my angels in front of you to clear the way. And if, along the way, people refuse to go with you, that's up to them. 
But promise me one thing. Don't go back. Don't quit. Don't go back to where you were because I have promises and blessings that you can't even begin to fathom. Somebody here today needed to hear that. That is God's word to you. Don't go back. Success is answering the call. Success is willing to be discipled. Verse 10, Then the servant took ten camels from the camels of his master and set out with a variety of good things in his master's hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Naor. So hang in there, servant, because this is going to be a long journey, a long, hard journey, an uncertain journey. Look at what Paul told Timothy when Timothy was facing a similar uncertain future. He said, and this is from the Amplified Version, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Facing the impossible before him, the servant sets out. Afraid? Probably. But he sets out anyway. There's an old children's fable that goes something like this. There was a mouse who was very much afraid. And the mouse was afraid of cats. So a magician saw this, and he turned the mouse into a cat. And when the mouse became a cat, the cat was very afraid because of the dogs. So the magician saw this, and he turned the cat into a dog. And when the mouse finally became a dog, the dog was very afraid because of the panthers. So the magician saw this, and he turned the dog into a panther. And when he became a panther, he was very afraid because of the hunters. So the magician took him and turned him back into a mouse. And he said to him, I'm turning you back into a mouse because you will always have the courage of a mouse. Don't have the courage of the mouse. Step forward in faith and in God's courage. Don't be afraid. Point number one was that success was answering the call. And point number two was that success and the willingness to be discipled or to disciple go hand in hand. And point number three is this. Success is moving forward in obedience. The verse we just read said that the servant, that he arose, that he set out. The word arose is actually a Hebrew word. It means kum. That's how it's pronounced, but it's spelled Q-U-M. Kum. It means arose. And it means literally what you think it means. It means to get up and go. But it also has many other meanings. And I want to share those with you today because I think some of these meanings can apply to your situations. In whatever areas of your life you need success, unbelievable success, I think some of these descriptions will fit just nicely. So listen to some of these. Arose, it means to go ahead, to move forward prepared. You'll notice that the servant didn't move forward empty-handed. He went forward with the gifts from his master to take his stand, to arise after lying down in mourning. How many of us need to rise out of that place of sadness? To stand up out of a condition or a state. How many of us are stuck in a certain state of mind and need to move forward? To arise and stand in success and prosperity. To stand for a purpose. To arise to become Success is moving forward in obedience. Success is rising up and moving forward in obedience. And where was he arising to go? Well, Abraham gave him the general region, didn't he? Go back to my homeland and find a wife for my son. He didn't give him anything specific. So the servant stepped forward in obedience, and God directed his walk just as he will direct yours. 
The servant ended up in Mesopotamia in a little city called Naor. And actually, he wasn't in Naor. He was on the outskirts in a community outside of Naor. Did Abraham tell him to go to Naor? No, he didn't. He just said, go back to the general region. So imagine, if you will, that you live in Wairica, California, which is 500 miles from here. And I'm down there with you, and I tell you, I want you to go to the great Pacific Northwest, and I want you to find a wife for my son. <laughs> Huge task. And by the way, the perfect wife. And you end up in Edgewood, Washington. No way, you don't even end up in Edgewood. You end up on some little outskirt, some unincorporated part of Pierce County, <laughs> just outside of Edgewood. See, that's not even logical, is it? It doesn't even make sense. You and I would end up at the first big city that we come to and say, this must be the place. But as he moved forward in faith, God directed his path. And God led him to the exact perfect place, just as he will lead you to the exact perfect place when you start moving forward in faith and obedience. See, first it's a general call, and then it gets more specific. Answer the call to service at this church or our community and see where God takes you. Answer it, answer it to compassion and see where it takes you. Open your eyes to the people around you. Even if it's just a conversation with a homeless guy, they're probably desperate for a conversation. Compassion. Answer that and see where God takes you. Verse 11. He made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at evening time, the time when women went out to draw water. He said, O Lord God, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show loving kindness to my master Abraham. So buckle up, because these two verses are so powerful. Honestly, I could spend all day on these two verses. These are so great, these two verses. They're so powerful. So first, he made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at evening time. He set aside a time for God, and he prayed. And he prayed. Some of you say, I don't know how to pray. That's fair. I get that. I don't know how to pray. Well, let me tell you about this verse right here. This is the first recorded instance of prayer in the Bible. It's the first time you read anywhere that somebody prayed. So if you don't know anything about prayer, imagine how little this guy knew. He knew nothing. Right? He knew nothing. But still he prayed. Still he prayed. And when did he do it? When did he pray? He didn't do it while riding his camels on the way there, right? He didn't do it while he was stuck in the camel traffic jam, right? That's what you and me do, right? Well, I'm stuck in traffic. I might as well pray. Thank you, Jesus, right? That's what I do, right? No, he actually stopped, set the camels down, and made a time to pray with God. He set a time, aside a time, a specific time, to pray. So that's the first lesson. And then he did something. Then he did something that most of you won't do. Now, I'm telling you right now, you won't do it. I'm going to tell you what to do, but you won't do it. Most of you won't. Some of you might, but most of you won't. And I know this because this is from experience, and this is my experience. So about 20 years ago, I used to work for a small little savings bank that's no longer around. But, but part of my job in that savings bank was to to go out to these different community groups like the Downtown Youth Association and the Central Area Motivation Program in Seattle and, and talk to these people that were looking for work and, and try to educate them on how to get a job in the banking industry. And, and the name of my little seminar that I put on eventually came to be Most People Won't. 
See, a lot of people apply for a job, right? But most people don't get the job, do they? Only one person gets the job. See, a lot of people apply, but only one person gets it. Most people don't. And most people don't get it because most people won't do the things they have to to get that job. See, if you're a young person and you're going to go apply at McDonald's, let me tell you the best thing you can do. After you interview with the manager or whoever, write, make a handwritten note and send it to that person through the U.S. mail and say, thank you for your time in interviewing me. Because nobody else is doing that. You want to get a job? That's how you get a job. Do the things that most people won't do. And so I used to go out and do this presentation, and guess what? Most people wouldn't do it. I'd give that little talk, and guess what? Once I got a thank you note from one person of all those groups, one person sent me a thank you note. Thank you for coming and giving us that speech. That person is successful. That person's going to make it, because they'll do the things most people won't. So here's your challenge today. This guy did something that most of you won't do. But here's what I want you to do. Here's what he did. What did he do? He said. He said. Some of your translations might say he prayed, but look at it directly. This is what he said. He said. He spoke. He's about to pray, and he spoke. He spoke these words. Now, you might think those are two small words. He said. You might think that's not important. But you want to know where the first time those two words were used? Way back in Genesis 1. When God said, God said, let there be light. And guess what? There was light. Same words. He said. God said. So, so when you're going through something like this, when you're praying to God, say it out loud. There's nobody else in that car with you. And if you want to do it stuck in the traffic, go ahead and do it. But speak it out loud. And speak it out loud. And what did he say? The servant spoke, and this is what he said. He said, oh God. He said, oh Lord. Oh Lord. Yahweh. That's what oh Lord means. He said Yahweh. Yahweh, the God that has always existed and always will exist. Yahweh. He spoke the attribute of God. He didn't know much, but he knew that from watching Abraham. Yahweh. So start that way. Just say, God, God, I know you're always there. Lord, I know you always have been there. I know you always will be there. Speak that. What better opening to a prayer can you have than that? Acknowledging the greatness of God. And then what did he say? And then he said, the God of my master Abraham, or Elohim. Elohim. Elohim means the God who's the creator and the judge of the universe. It speaks to God's strength, it speaks to God's power, and it speaks to God's justice. Oh, Lord. Lord, you're everything. Lord, you're all-powerful. Lord, you know everything. You know my situation. You know my heart. You know everything. Lord, I don't even know what to ask you right now, but Lord, I know who you are. Speak that out loud and watch what happens. And then he does something that's so amazing. And most of us won't do this either, but I'm telling you, I do it all the time now. Look what he says. He says, grant me success today. Grant me success today. When's the last time you asked God for success in an endeavor? Lord, I'm going towards this. Lord, grant me success today. Lord, I'm having trouble with this. Grant me success today in this area. 
Lord, grant me success at work. Lord, grant me success at home with my wife. Lord, grant me success with my children. Lord, grant me success with my relationships with people at church. Lord, grant me success in the community when you have me out there. Lord, grant me success. Why not? I love my children, and I want them to be successful. I don't care if that means money or whatever. I just want them to be happy and successful and complete human beings. And I'll do anything I can to help them. But I'm not going to know if they don't ask me. Sometimes I've got to push them. Like, do you need, do you need something? You know, I've got to push them a little bit. No, I'm okay. Ask me. I would love to help you. Grant me success today. I do it all the time. I work in one of those little cubicles that everybody hates. You know those? Yeah. Every time my wife sees one on TV, she's like, I could never work in one of those. I work in one of those little cubicles. The other day I'm working on a stupid spreadsheet. And it's not working because the numbers are all backwards and going funny. And I said out loud, Lord, grant me success today. Yeah, I said it out loud. I'm, I'm crazy at work. Lord, grant me success today. Does he care about the spreadsheet? No, but he cares about me. Lord, grant me success today in this. Man, I'm using it all the time. I use it when I get up in the morning. Lord, grant me success today. I don't know what's going to go on today, but grant me success today. Why not? See, that brings us to point number four. Success is seeking God. Success is seeking after God. Look at 2 Chronicles 26, verses 4 and 5. This describes Uzziah. This is what it says. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. He sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. So can anyone say disciple? He was discipled. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Or as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Success and seeking God go together. Why not? Lord, grant me success today. I'm not being selfish. Just grant me success. My heart is open to what you have for me. Yeah, sometimes I get selfish and you'll correct me. But Lord, grant me success today. Verse 13, Behold, I am standing by the spring, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. So after asking for success, the servant speaks to his present condition and his expectations. Lord, here I am. It's been a long journey. The task ahead of me is huge. But here I am, after hearing the call, after being discipled, after moving forward in obedience, here I am seeking you and asking for success. And here's what I'm asking for. Watch now, verse 14. Now may it be that the girl to whom I say, please let down your jar so that I may drink, and who answers, drink and I will water your camels also, may she be the one to whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown loving kindness to my master. Before he had finished speaking, underline that, behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor, came out with her jar on the shoulder. Remember, the servant is still praying. And look how specific he is with his prayers. The servant knows he's at the spring at the time of day when all the women are going to come out. It's not the heat of the day, it's in the cool of the day. That's when they came to fill up their water jugs. So the servant is specific, and he says... The one to whom I say this, when she answers this, that's the one that, Lord, you have appointed. Ask specifically what you need and want. Jesus taught us the same thing. Look in in Mark 10 and Luke 18, we see the same story. We see the story of the blind man. The blind man who sat by the side of the road and heard Jesus was coming and said, Son of David, have mercy on me. And what did Jesus say to him? 
Jesus knew he was blind, but what did Jesus say? Jesus said to him, what do you want? What do you want? Be specific. And he said, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus healed him. Be specific. What do you want? Point number five, success is claiming God's promises. Success is claiming God's promises. In those areas where you want to be successful, King Asa type successful, incredible, unbelievable, out of this world successful, what do you really want? And was the servant successful? Yes, he was. He picked Rebecca and he took her back. And since at the end of last service, they told me I was five minutes short and I had five minutes more, let me throw something else in here. (laughs) You can thank the sound crew for this. (laughs) This is what I learned. Somebody shared this with me after service, which is what I love about Livespring. People are always coming and going, and did you know this about that? And it's great because there's just more information and I love it. Rebecca said, right, Rebecca said, I'll get you water but I'll also water your camels. He had ten camels. Each one of those water jugs holds three gallons of water. A camel can drink 30 gallons of water. Rebecca made a hundred trips to water those camels. Service. She was called to service. She not only gave him water, she went above and beyond. Isn't that incredible what God does when we step out in faith? So if you want that kind of incredible success, this is what you do. You answer the call. You're willing to be discipled. You move forward in obedience. You seek God in all you do. And you claim God's promises. Do that and you will find success. But wait. My infomercial didn't promise you success, did it? It promised you incredible, unbelievable, out-of-this-world success. So that's what I want to give you today. And the secret to that, the secret to that is actually found in the servant himself. We've talked a lot about the servant, but you don't really know who he is. All you know is that he was obedient, and he stepped out in faith, and he moved forward with obedience. He answered the call, yes. He sought God, and he claimed God's promises. But here's what really makes him incredible. This is in Genesis 15 too. So you have to go back to Genesis 15 to find out who this servant really is. And this is what it says in Genesis 15 too. Abram said, and this is Abraham before he had children. His name was Abram. So Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. So this servant, before Abraham had children was the heir of all of Abraham's worldly possessions. This guy was wealthy just in the waiting. Think about that. All I got to do is wait for this guy to die. Because Sarah's already dead. All I can do is wait for this guy to die. And then I've got all this wealth. And then Abraham, when he was way too old to have children, and Sarah, when she was way, way, way too old to have children, God blessed them with a child. And this guy's inheritance is gone. It's gone. And for the next 15 years, this guy serves Isaac. And he serves Abraham. And he gives and he gives and he gives. And then Abraham calls him to do this impossible task. 
this guy's a better man than I am. Because I would have said, I'm done. <laughs> I had all these promises. I was lined up to be wealthy. And now this guy came and took it all. And you want me to go on this impossible journey and do something nice for this kid? Not me. I'll go find another master somewhere else. Because this ain't working here. <laughs> but he did it. He stepped out in faith and he did it. He did it. He traveled 500 miles. And he did it because he understood the meaning of true success. The meaning of incredible, unbelievable, out-of-this-world success. And here's the secret. Incredible, unbelievable, out-of-this-world success is giving of yourself and asking for nothing in return. Do that and see how God blesses you. Give, give yourself to your wife. Give yourself to your husband. Give yourself to your friends, to your co-workers, to your community, to your church. Give of yourself and ask for nothing in return. And this church is filled with people like that. People behind the scenes that you'll never even know are doing so much work. And are just volunteers just giving of themselves and asking nothing in return. You'll discover godly success that you could never imagine. So I began this whole message with a story about Asa. And I wanted to close with a story about Asa. But this time I'm not talking about King Asa. This time I'm talking about another Asa. Another 14-year-old named Asa. And Asa actually lives in Federal Way. And he's just a young man. But this is the story. And I, and I got this. This is his, his mom posted this on Facebook. And I love this story. And here it is. This is what his mom said. She said, and yet another reason why my son is adorable. And he must have hated that. But that's what she said. And yet another reason why my son is adorable. Today, after walking out of the store with Asa, a homeless man asked us for spare change. I didn't have any and was turning around to get in the car when I noticed Asa pulling out his wallet. He pulled out a $10 bill and handed it to him. The man looked at me and back at Asa and said, Oh no, son, I can't take your money. But Asa insisted, and of course I let him. I turned around again to get in the car, but instead Asa sat down on the sidewalk next to the man. And noticing the man was carrying a book about the planet, said, My name is Asa Alston. What's yours? I see you like astronomy. For the next 20 minutes, we had a wonderful conversation with Dennis the homeless man about God, constellations, and whether God really exists. All of this outside of the office depot while sharing a bag of Asa's gummy lifesavers that he had just bought. Most of the time, I think kids are put on this planet to teach us stupid adults some lessons instead of the other way around. Success? Yeah, I'd say so. Unbelievable, incredible, out-of-this-world success. If you want that, give of yourself and see what God does with it. And if you're struggling with any area of that, I would love to pray with you after service. Let's break through that and see what God really has for you. Will you close with me in prayer? Father God, we thank you, Lord, for today, Lord. We thank you for, for your awesome word, Lord. We thank you for your great truth. We thank you, Lord, that, that you never leave us, you never fail us, you never forsake us, Lord. When life is hard, when life is unfair, when it doesn't seem right, Lord, you're asking us to push through that. When people are cruel and mean, Lord, and it just doesn't make sense to, to continue being nice to them, Lord, you're asking us to push through that. To answer the call, Lord. To serve with love, Lord to follow your example. So we thank you, mighty God, Lord, and where we struggle, Lord, forgive us. 
But give us your strength and your hope. And we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.